hold on to your seat, because it's that time of year. Time to say, hey, 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 it's Matt Albert. Halloween special! It's the Halloween scene with the Cosby Kids. So don't miss the Fat Albert Halloween special right here. Don't miss the fun today at 4 here on WDZL Channel 39. <laughs> to you from New England's darkest heart. This is the Deep Dive Podcast. Horror Month. Join us if you dare. Hello, divers. Welcome to week four of Horror Month on the Deep Dive Podcast. You all right? Oh, yeah, sorry. A little bit of a throat thing. Oh, okay. no. Okay, good. That's yeah. fine. All right. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, welcome. <laughs> I'm Tom Peeney, writer for Wang's Shop Movie Magazine. New issue coming soon. Look for it on Amazon.com. And with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host. It's Manda, co-host extraordinaire, famed beauty and lover of all things dinosaur. But, of course, you already knew that. Indeed we did. Now, we're here to uncover some of the hidden gems or unusual offerings lurking in your streaming media services and... That uh, that landscape is changing very quickly. Oh, it is. I'm glad that we decided to do this when we did because there are so many things that have popped up since our start date. Exactly. And yeah. for, uh, I don't know about you, Amanda, but for me, I feel that our show is responsible for all of it. Yeah. It's just a shame that we're not getting paid. Yeah. Right. That's right. You're not get. I mean, we're what? not getting paid. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, this is kind of like the classic duo, especially if you uh, listen to our last episode, which was so much fun. Yes, we had it was. guests from the Belligerents podcast, uh, Jay and Dean, or as we've now tokened, uh, Jan and Dean, a 1970s yeah. pop surf group. group. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're so fun. They're the, the sweetest married couple I've ever met. And I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we had a really, really fun time. Thank you so much to those guys. Um, and thank you to everyone who's come on over from yes. their side. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I don't know if you know, but we're just about to crest 3,000 downloads. That's right. And uh, we've been discussing maybe uh, changing things a little bit because of uh, the people coming over from the Belligerence podcast. So uh, we're going to be including a lot more swearing. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? And, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, maybe a, a touch more. That's fine. Okay. Uh, we actually, and this is kind of an interesting story, a little behind the scenes thing. Uh, we wanted to have uh, the two co-hosts of the Indifference podcast, but they just didn't show up. <laughs> Yeah, that's what this is like all the time. Yes, indeed. You're welcome. So since this is the last week of our four-week series Mm -hmm. on horror movies, we thought we would like to lighten things up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we'll be picking some favorite examples of Halloween hilarity. (laughs) Now, this means horror comedies, not horrible comedies, (laughs) Manda. Okay, I guess there goes my two picks. Well, see, that's what I was afraid of. (laughs) Once again. So there'll be now be a posting on our website for new co-host. 
has to be witty, has to be funny, has to be amazing, has to be brilliant. Why start now? But anyway, <laughs> no, 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 no. Couldn't do it without you. I've tried. Oh, well, um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So in accordance with the basic premise of our show, mm-hmm. uh, Amanda, would you like to go first with your pick? I think I will. Excellent. So my first pick is something I've mentioned before, and it is perhaps one of my most favorite movies ever. It is 1974's. Young, Young Frankenstein, Frankenstein. I yes, directed by the lovely, amazing, hilarious Mel Brooks, and starring, of course, Gene Wilder, Marty Feldman, Terry oh. Garr, Cloris Leachman. Such a great cast, right? And Madeline Kahn and Peter Boyle. So I didn't know Peter Boyle was the dad on uh, what is it? Um, King of the, King of the Hill? Yeah, no, no, no. Um, um, the the other king. Uh, oh, why can't we do this? Yeah. It's because it's TV, '90s show. It's we don't TV. really watch TV. Yeah. Anyways, he's on that show with the Scientologist or the former Scientologist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin James. There you go. Yeah. yeah. No, but his wife. Anyways. Also, he is incredibly tall. Fun fact, while researching this movie, he is so tall that they actually had to do a little bit of perspective, false perspective stuff to make sure he could fit within frame. Like, wow. it, it, it's really funny. Huh. But anyways, for those who don't know, and I'm not sure that it's you know, obscure as we might normally go, but it was, it's just one of my favorites and it's, it's full of laughs from the get go. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So it starts off in the beginning, probably in the first 30 seconds, you're already into the laughing because it's a classic Mel Brooks slash Gene Wilder, uh, you know, film. Like, um, I, I, name any Gene Wilder film and it's just hilarity from the beginning it's like this but only it's in black and white <laughs> which is makes it all the much better oh, and yeah. I've said before I love black and white films I think to this they do this this is their credit right it's making it black and white but anyways um, so <laughs> the premise here is um, <laughs> I can't even it's so funny that's Frederick Frankenstein. Frederick Frankenstein is the uh, the American grandson of uh, well, Doctor Frankenstein from Romania, Transylvania. Um, and you know, this is kind of like a parody of uh, you know other horror films um, right from the get-go. So, of course, they name him Frankenstein. Um, and he's a scientist, and he really just wants to, you know, um, get rid of the shadow of his grandfather, right? Because he, his grandfather was crazy. He tried to reanimate dead tissue, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and in an effort to cast off that shadow, he um, doesn't speak very highly of him. So when someone from his grandfather's estate comes to tell him, hey, he's passed away and you're the heir <laughs> for some reason, he is intrigued at first and decides, you know, I'm going to go there and I'm going to see what all the, the hype is about. Um, and <laughs> the first time he meets Marty Feldman, I mean, I'm just, I'm in stitches, mm. literally. It's pronounced Igor. <laughs> how come it's not Frederick Frankenstein? It isn't. It's Frederick Frankenstein. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. This is how much I love this movie. I could quote it verbatim. But um, <laughs> from the moment you meet Marty Feldman, it is just hilarity. Uh, Cloris Leachman, who is Frau Blucher. <laughs> Um, but you know why that's a joke, right? <laughs> no. You don't know why that's a joke? Is it because she looks like a horse? No. Oh. Because her name is German for glue. Oh, that's oh, right, too. Yes. Glücher. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's glue. <laughs> that's why the horse is so scared of her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so throughout the film, he's uh, finding hints and references to his grandfather. And, you know... It, first being a non-believer he ends up becoming a believer and saying this may work in fact one of the biggest scenes is him just saying it could work um and so in order to try this experiment he 
ends up following the same footsteps as his grandfather, maybe subconsciously or not realizing it, but they go to a graveyard, <laughs> they dig up Peter Boyle, and they try to reanima- reanimate him. Um, they send Igor i.e. Marty Feldman on a trip to uh, get a brain because right you need a brain that has been recently um, you know no longer functioning to put it in this body and so he sends him off with some you know major political scientist philanthropic guy named Hans Delbruck so uh, Igor goes into the the brain bank um, and tries to pick up this this sort of canister that's holding the brain, and he ends up dropping it because you know why wouldn't he? And the next one uh, that is available just happens to be one that is entitled "Abnormal." Now, that brain that you gave me was it Hans Delbrooks? No. Ah, good. Uh, would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. Abby normal. I'm almost sure that was the name. <laughs> Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long, 54 inch wide gorilla? Is that what you're telling me? Abby someone. Abby something. Abby normal. They put him, they put the brain into Peter Boyle and it... As you can imagine, it doesn't go very well. No. Because he's confused. He's got huge limbs, and it's it's hilarious. But in an effort to um, turn around the, the, the stereotypical or stigma this quote-unquote monster has, he tries to humanize him. And he puts him in, like, you know, a, a top coat and tails. Yeah. And they go on the town and sing Putting on the Ritz. Putting oh. on the Ritz! <laughs> Which, by the way, if you are interested, that soundtrack for that movie is available on iTunes. Really? Yes, it's amazing. Um, and, you know, then Madeline Kong comes into the picture, and she has an incredible voice, by the way, or had, oh, I yes, should say. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, it's just so funny. There, it's, There's probably not a period of at least more than a minute without a laugh. It's just so funny. So, um, in the end... Uh, sort of it all works out but there's a little bit of a twist and a, a good last laugh at the end of it uh but i i just couldn't stop laughing and i have watched it probably twice a year every year since i first watched it with my mom like i don't know over a decade ago um so imdb gives it a an eight out of ten which i was not expecting to be honest thought really? it was a bit higher yeah metacritic gives it an 80 rotten tomatoes though takes a cake at a 92 oh, percent. Yeah, wow. so you know and that's an audio audience score and a actual critic score Believe it or not, fun fact, Roger Ebert gave this a 4 out of 4 when he was alive. Hmm. Yeah, legitimately. I'm go. giving it a 10 out of 10. Well, yeah. That's I'm... not surprising. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, it's hilarious. I love Gene Wilder. I mean, I think everyone thinks of him as Willy Wonka, mm-hmm. but there's just so many other roles that oh, he yeah. is. Blazing Saddles. Oh, he Blazing was Saddles. In. Oh, the... That's just oh, that, that really towed the line between like really racist jokes. But oh yeah, you can do that today. You cannot, no. and he got away with it. But he did. so funny. Um, what I found interesting is that it's not available on iTunes, right? Really? So it's not something you can easily download, but you can.
can find it right now, uh, a copy of it on YouTube. Of course, it's, you know, a little bit copyrighted. So a little bit. A little bit. Um, but you can also, um, excuse me, you can get it on iTunes for $4.99, but you can't really find it on any of the streaming apps. Funny, though, remember how I mentioned Turner Classic Movies has a horror month? Yes. So right now, you can buy that on their website for $10. You really? can buy a digital copy, yes, oh, which wow. then you can then import into like movies anywhere, Vudu, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Nice. Um, so totally worth buying. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. It's just hilarious. Yeah, and it's one of those when you just put it on in the background. And oh my just, god! As yeah. soon as you listen to it, you're like, ah. Yeah, exactly. There's some part that's going to be really funny. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. But that's my first pick, and uh, yeah. Very nice. Thank you. That is a fantastic pick. It's such a good pick, right? Oh, so, so good. I'm gonna go home and watch that again. There you go. <laughs> so. As far as my pick goes, I tend to go a little bit more obscure, just just because that's who I am. Yeah, and you're a lot smarter. That's how, well, no, not really. <laughs> uh, so, a little bit of history before I reveal my pick. Mm-hmm. So, way, way back in the dark ages of 1978, Uh-oh. the classic film Halloween basically kickstarted the slasher movie wave mm-hmm. in the early 80s. I mean, you had movies, and most of them were really bad. You had Friday the 13th, My Bloody Valentine, Prom Night, and that pretty much ruined any annual celebration for 80s kids. Because almost every holiday or kind of get-together was turned into a horror movie. Right. That's what the 80s were known for, I think. Yeah, I think so. But those were so popular, those Mm -hmm. movies. I mean, they were... Every week, it seemed like another horror movie was coming out in the theaters. (laughs) Right. Uh, And they were really, really profitable. Mm Mm-hmm. So somebody had to parody them. That makes a lot of sense. When something is very successful, you make a parody of it. Sincerest form of flattery. Exactly. So... My pick was the first film to parody the slasher genre, and it's called Student Bodies, and it's from 1981, which was a year after Friday the 13th came out. So this was really a, the first like, uh, slasher parody. Parody, yeah. Exactly. It kind of tried to be the airplane of horror movies. <laughs> um, it didn't totally succeed. Uh, the first half of the movie is really, really funny and, yeah. f- and pretty inventive. And then it kind of gets dragged down trying to explain what's going on and trying to, you know, solve the mystery and all that. And it really doesn't know what to do from that <laughs> point on. But it's it's like the first half is incredibly funny to me anyway. And I've got a weird sense of humor. So there you go. Wow. So the film opens on a, on a, a quiet suburban home at night, right? <laughs> And if you've seen Scream, you know what I'm talking about with this kind of thing. So a caption says, it's Halloween night. Wait, wait a minute. Then the caption changes. It says, oh, it's Friday the 13th. No, wait. (laughs) It changes again and says, it's Jamie Lee Curtis's birthday. (laughs) Activia. Yeah, basically. The the original Scream Queen. Uh, Essentially, Mm. so this is the classic slasher plot. This mysterious killer who's called The Breather stalks and kills teenagers who, God forbid, dare to have sex. Uh, The breather also constantly comments on what he's doing while he's doing it. He's essentially breaking the fourth wall and talking to the audience as he's getting ready to do these awful, horrible things. Hello, it's me, the heavy breather from every horror film you've ever seen. You know me. First I terrorize my victim by the telephone, then I choose my murder weapon. A gun? Nah, too easy. Uh, A hatchet? Nah, I always use a hatchet. For this movie, I want something very frightening and deadly. Ah... 
Then I climb the stairs to surprise my victims. <sighs> Why do they always live upstairs? Right. And he's like totally disgusted by like the, the most innocuous things that happen while he's trying to kill people. Mm -hmm. It's like everything's such a major inconvenience. Mm -hmm. Like he steps in some gum and he's like, oh, gum. <laughs> I like to kill the kid with the gum. And, you know, <laughs> he's like sugarless. <laughs> uh, so that's basically he's the killer, but we don't know who he is. And then we're kind of, you know, in, we're kind of introduced to the, the cast of characters who are all suspects, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, but the main suspect has to be this, uh, naive young virgin girl, Toby. And, you know, she's the last person you would expect, but everybody thinks she's the killer. And you're like, why? Right. She's like the, la the last person anybody would think who would do something like that. But everybody, some, for some reason, suspects her. Probably because she's been at the scene of every murder. This that sounds happens. like the plot from Scream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, this was 15 years before, before Scream. Before, yeah. Yeah. So she's trying to prove her innocence with the help of her dorky boyfriend. Uh, but none of that, none of that plot really makes any difference at all. This movie is just an excuse to throw joke after joke right. at the audience. Some of them hit and hit pretty hard. Some of them don't, and some of them are just plain odd. <laughs> I mean, there's first of all, there is a a, a body count score on the screen. <laughs> you know, so it gives you and the body count is whenever there's a murder. In case you've forgotten, yeah. In case you've forgotten, and there's like little. Uh, like, they actually actively point out clues on the screen with arrows. It's like, oh, look at that. There's a clue. <laughs> uh, it's just funny. And you've got the, um, the, the whole cast of characters are, are, are really fun. There's a, a sexually repressed principal, uh, a shop teacher who's obsessed with making horsehead bookends. There's a whole thing about horsehead bookends. It's, it's like a running gag. Weird. Uh, there's, for some reason, this, is not a, this does not take place in a southern town, but there's a southern sheriff, which <laughs> makes no sense. Uh, and this uh, the one really oddball character is this impossibly tall and lanky guy mm. who's never been in anything else, I don't think, who's never been in any other movie. Uh, and his character's name is Malvert. Malvert? Malvert. And he's referred to in the credits as the stick. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Malvert is just, he's like the maintenance man. Mm -hmm. And he just sort of like saunters around and looks suspicious. And, you know, he... Uh, his his running gag is, uh, you know, um, sometimes he he tells people that sometimes he pees red. <laughs> it's like sometimes Malvert pee red, and I was like, what? So what it's like it? one of those things where he could definitely be the killer. He could, be. but then you feel bad because you're like, wait a minute, he's probably not, and he's just weird. Yeah, 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 basically that's what goes on. But the whole premise is basically find out who the breather is, <laughs> uh, but we never do get like a satisfying kind of resolution to this. Thing, but what we get is more endings than Lord of the Rings, mm. and a very lazy kind of Wizard of Oz type. Did it really happen? Was it all a dream? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. at the end. But for me, this is a real sentimental favorite. I watched this movie so many times on pay cable in the eighties. <laughs> uh, it was on constantly, and mm. I thought for years. What's I thought cable? like Yeah, exactly. For years, I thought I was the only one who ever knew this film existed. Mm. And then I discovered I made I made friends that like also knew that film, and we would like endless, endlessly quote dialogue from the movie <laughs> That's because the there's best. some great one-liners and little things that you know make no sense without context, mm -hmm. but are so funny if you know what you're talking about. Uh, so yeah, so that was a, it's kind of a sentimental favorite for me. Now, for being a slasher movie parody, there's there's lots of sexual innuendo, but no nudity or gore. Hmm. So it is a, it is a, a really not a 
nasty horror movie. It's kind of, you know, it's very genteel in a lot of ways in the way that it mm-hmm. presents itself. And ultimately that presented a problem for the filmmakers because they wanted an R rating. And they were not going to get it because R-rated films at that time did better, especially right. horror movies. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Than yeah. anything else, and so they they realized when they made this film, they had no, they had nothing to to generate an R rating. Hmm. So what they did, which was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, uh, they uh, in the middle of the movie they cut just a scene. They just cut the scene, and they cut to a distinguished-looking uh, gentleman sitting behind a desk in an office, just staring at the screen and basically uh, getting the film an R rating Oh, in the scene with what he, with what he so said. Do they splice in some adult movie film? No, 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 oh. no, no. Uh, I'll tell you what. What we're going to do is we're going to play that clip. Ladies and gentlemen, in order to achieve an R rating today, a motion picture must contain full frontal nudity graphic violence, or an explicit reference to the sex act. Since this film has none of those, and since research has proven that R-rated films are by far the most popular with the movie-going public, the producers of this motion picture have asked me to take this opportunity to say, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. How about that? I I can't believe that that, what, 20-second clip is all that it took to make it an art. Yep. That's incredible, and that's genius. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's, all they had to do was splice that scene into the movie, <laughs> and boom, R rating. Brilliant. So good. Absolutely brilliant. So that's it's like it's stuff like that that makes me love this movie. Yeah. Now, before the movie actually begins, though, there's a little um, a notice on the screen that, that says, this motion picture was based on an actual incident. Last year, 26 horror films were released. None of them lost money. So that's where you're getting your attitude. Like they're doing this basically just for the money. Well, it's really funny they bring that up because then when I was thinking of it, if I hear about a movie that's PG-13, automatically I'm thinking it's probably not going to be that good, yeah, right? Because yeah. it's not going to have any cool explosions or right. like swearing or anything. It's crazy how the movie industry has sort of like um, trained people to think yeah, like that. Yeah. Wow. Originally, it's interesting when they originally came up with the rating system in the 70s. Um, the X rating was cons- was not considered pornography. Right. There were uh, there one of, there was a, an X movie that uh, rated X movie that won Best Picture, which was Midnight Cowboy, mm. back in the early seventies. But uh, f- somehow that got basically co opted by the adult film industry, who would put like things like Triple uh, X or whatever, which mm. really had no meaning. Right. Right. But, right. That what that did is that that made the the X rating synonymous with pornography, and mm-hmm. so people basically stopped using it on their on their traditional movies. Right, right, right. So it kind of ruined that whole thing. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of porn. <laughs> no, seriously, thank you. Uh, yeah. So this film actually did not lose money either. Mm. Uh, the film was a minor success for Paramount Pictures that released the film. It actually was one of the top 100 highest grossing films of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it actually did pretty well for being a really super low-budget little little horror movie. Mm. Now, direction of the film was credited to the, to the screenwriter, which was, uh, he was a frequent Woody Allen collaborator named Mickey Rose. He wrote a lot of Woody Allen's one-liners. Mm. Uh, but some accounts actually say the film was directed by a man named Michael Ritchie. Uh, if you don't know that name, he directed Fletch, The Golden Child, and a bunch of other movies. Uh, he was supposed to be credited as producer of the film, but he took his name off the project. 
and used a different name, the name Alan Smithy. Now, if you're not familiar with that name, um, we're going we're gonna to talk about that on another show because there's a really good story behind that. Ooh. But essentially, that name is used by any director that wants their name taken off the film. They have to use that pseudonym. Because they don't want to be associated with it? Exactly. Oh. So that's the name. If you see that name, you know that the director wanted their name taken off the film, and it is replaced with that name. Okay. Yeah. That is uh, from the Director's Guild, by the way, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. But, yeah, we're, we'll have, a, we'll have a, a little more in-depth show about that at some point. Uh, now, now that I have made you all want to watch this movie, mm. let's talk about the scores. Uh, 5.6 out of 10 Ooh. on the Internet Movie Database. Uh, and... And this this breaks my heart. Twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ouch! Yeah, it deserves a lot better than that because I think yeah. it's a it, it's it's a seriously flawed film. But the funny parts are really really right. funny. So, if you want to see this, and you should, uh, it's available to rent for two dollars and ninety nine cents on Amazon Prime Video, on YouTube, and Google Play. So that's it. Student Bodies from nineteen eighty one. My first pick. <sighs> Not bad. Thank you. That that clip just gets me. Uh, I'm, I literally, you should watch that movie based on that one clip because yes, it's genius. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So my second pick. I <clears throat> am sometimes known around these parts, the Studio D, um, as the Triple F uh, person, the family friendly flicks. Oh, I yeah. it was food, folks, and fun. Nope. So. Um, I decided that you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna continue on with that. And plus, it's Halloween. Everyone yeah. loves Halloween. Everyone loves to laugh. But let me ask you a question. Mm. Around sort of Christmas time, do you ever watch those like really old uh, stop motion puppet films? You know, with like Rudolph and the Snowman, all that stuff. Uh, as a matter of fact, yes, I do. Perfect. I'm a big fan of those. I have a Heat Miser and Snow Miser, <gasps> Salt and Pepper Shakers. I'm Mr. Heat Miser. And I have <laughs> all of those characters as uh, ornaments that I put on the tree every year. That's amazing. Yes. So basically, you know where I'm going with this. I would think so. You like Rankin-Bass films. Yes. Are you going for Mad Monster Party? Hey, don't ruin it. Oh, sorry. Yes, I am. <laughs> I love this movie. This yeah. was actually a suggestion from my husband, who is absolutely obsessed with this movie. Um, it, oh, okay. So basically, think Rudolph, right? And and you know the Frosty Snowman, that style of film, but for like scary horror things. Mad Monster Party. Mad Monster. Starring Boris Karloff and, in order of their appearance, Dracula, Frankenstein, the werewolf, the hunchback, the mummy, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and, in order of his disappearance, the invisible man. Also starring Phyllis Diller as the hostess with the least. <laughs> Mad Monster Party! <laughs> it's a come-as-you-are party that's out of this world. You don't get invited. You get committed. It's a psychedelic scary. With the grooviest ghouls of all time. Mad Monster Party! <laughs> 
Now, it was made in 67, directed by Jules Bass, which, of course, half of Rankin Rankin Bass. Bass, Um, But it is voiced by people like Boris Karloff, who, I mean, needs no direction. Exactly. Phyllis Diller. Like, she was kind of annoying, but, like, so funny. And I think that's part of her charm. Mm -hmm. But um, anyways, the here's the thing. So... The movie, the producers who who put the movie out, um, or I should say the um, the studio, couldn't actually get rights to to the uh, the names of the creatures like Frankenstein, Dracula, that kind of thing. Yeah. So they had to be a little bit creative with that, um, <laughs> to the point where Frankenstein uh, is just called the monster, uh, and. Uh, Phyllis Diller, who plays his wife, is just called the Monster's Bride, the Monster's Wife. Yeah. Um, so there's things like that. Um, so Boris Karloff is um, Baron von Boris Karloff, uh, Frankenstein, I should say, and he is a scientist, right? and he has achieved the ultimate, uh, you know, legacy. He's made like a, a a potion or a weapon that can destroy the world right so what he does is decide you know what i've done everything i'm gonna retire and i'm gonna host a party with all of these famous monsters and i'm gonna pick one of them as my heir sort of one of those like mystery like who's it gonna be kind of thing and of course it sets off like the end fighting so you know the wolfman shows up dracula a swamp thing um (laughs) the the there's just there's so funny and um then there's uh his nephew who I read that he was supposed to be um, a reference to James Stewart, like the, the you know, like an angel gets his wings, James Stewart. Oh, yes. yes. So, and, and I, it makes sense by the way the way that he speaks, you would understand. But but basically, um, they all come to this one place, it's in the Caribbean, and they all meet up. And <laughs> individually, they're all introduced by like sort of little um, like snippets, like the monster's pride. I, I'm sorry, I can't get help laughing because it's just so ridiculous. Um, and uh, like they're coming in and then the, oh, the mummy and the invisible guy show the invisible man shows up oh and by the way last week when I did th- that show I forgot completely about Mad Mad Monster Party um, and th- it's so funny because there's a small 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 little snippet of that film in this one here in terms of the um, a little bit of a what are the, what's the word a quote like they paraphrase something in the movie um, but basically um, uh, the movie involves Who's going to be the heir? Who gets the title potion? And one by one, they all start fighting. They start um, trying to trick each other to get each other out of the way. Turns out that his nephew, who is this just like dorky little kid with glasses, um, and who his very, um, let's say, attractive female assistant falls in love with, um, is going to be the heir. So um, push comes to shove and someone detonates the, the major, um, you know, weapon formula thing. Um, and this monster called It, which is really kind of like King Kong kind of thing, <laughs> kidnaps Francesca. And it's a it's a huge throwback to like obviously King yeah. Kong and all that. And he has to rescue her. And they, you know, they survive kind of like an almost in a Titanic scene. They're floating away. It, it's so cleverly done or, and I imagine it took a lot of time for a puppet movie. Oh, yeah. Those are, like, very intricate. It, yeah, so crazy. And even now, just the colors and the effort they put into the little puppets must have been uh, insane. But it's so funny. And I think for a 1967 film, they, they certainly had a different type of humor than maybe kids' shows would have today. Yeah. So they get away with some adult-type themes. I mean, just the way that they look. I mean, the Francesca is just, like, she's... Yeah, you'll you'll notice you'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. Um, so, oh, funny thing too, like uh, his his nephew who's called Felix, he's an asthmatic. 
Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> it's just he's like not at all the person that you would think that you know Baron Frankenstein would pick for his heir, <laughs> but he ends up being you know the perfect candidate and uh, in, in the end. But um, so it's just oh, it's so funny. Um, so in the end, um, she, Francesca, who was the assistant, I believe that she. Like, I don't know, she admits something to Felix, like she's a robot or she's a creation or something like that, but they still live happily ever after. And it's just, it's really funny. Um, so there's one guy who played most of the monsters. His name is Alan Swift. Um, he played he played Felix, Yetch, Count Dracula, Frankenstein's Monsters, The Werewolf, Quasimodo, Invisible Man, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, It, Skeleton, Chief Mafia, Machiavelli, Mr. Cronkite, Frightener Captain, First Mate, and The Mailman. Wow. He played all of a, them. That's a one-man cast. <laughs> it really was. Um, you got Phyllis Diller, Ethel Ennis, um, who I think is a famous uh, actress or, you know, musician song songstress um and yeah so it's just it's so funny and i think where it gets its real um like muscle is that it is it's not necessarily dated of course it is an older style film it's it uses you know puppetry that we don't necessarily see but if you're fans of like i don't know nightmare before christmas right it it's such it's such a great production value that it carries itself for now, what, four or five decades. So um, you should definitely check it out. It has, it did spin off a, um, a sequel, like a cartoon. I think my husband called it mad, mad, just mad, mad monsters. Um, And I'm, I'm supposed to say that he quote says that it is poopy unquote. That is my husband Wayne. Um, (laughs) but let's see the scores. So IMDb gave it a 6.7. Not too bad. Metacritic gives it a 70. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm giving it an 8.5. I thought it was hilarious. Mm -hmm. It's definitely applicable for today. Got some little bit of adult humor, but it makes it funny and it makes it worth watching. Also, I enjoy the music. They do a lot of singing in it. Um, you can currently find it on Google Play and YouTube for a dollar ninety nine rental. Nice. There are some snippets on YouTube, but you're better off just renting it and yeah, watching it. Definitely. Um, and if you can find it to buy it, buy it. Yeah, it, it'll become a regular yearly. Oh yeah. Thing for you. One hundred percent. Just like Nightmare Before Christmas is for a lot of people. Which I watch at Halloween and Christmas. Exactly. Is it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and, it's the, and it's for the Rankin Bass people, and they did yeah. so much great work. I mean, The Grinch, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they the, did so the, much. I mean, Rudolph and all the, that. Everything. And I think what's great, too, about this is, like I said, it, it just year after year and age and, you know, generation after generation just loves it that it's not old. You know, yeah, it's not exactly. it's not dated. So um, much like you love Heat Miser and Snowman and all that fun stuff, you know, you carry that from your childhood. I, people will carry this, too, with them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So absolutely. Good, good pick. second pick. I love, love it. Love it. That's fantastic. Thank you. All right. Not bad. All right. We're hitting all cylinders here. This is good. Then I'm going to derail that train. Okay. Uh, right yep. now. So... For my second pick, this is actually new territory for me. What? Yeah. See, uh, throughout the entirety of this podcast, I have pretty much kept my picks limited to films. Yeah. I usually don't pick, like, television. Yeah. Or, like, episodic stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I don't have a particular reason why. I just, you know, it's just where my brain goes. Sure. Uh, this time is a little different. Mm. So... You picked Buffy the Vampire Slayer, didn't you? No, no, I didn't. (laughs) Uh, So this is not, so it's not a movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is a Halloween TV special. Nice. 
that aired when I was a wee lad oh, in okay. the 1970s. Mm. Uh, <laughs> now, here's the thing. I don't actually remember seeing it when it aired, which was in 1976. Mm. But I got a copy some years ago of this thing and was mesmerized, mesmerized at how completely and thoroughly awful it was. And I loved every minute of it. <laughs> I am referring to, of course, the Paul Lind Halloween special. Now, if you don't know who Paul Lind is, let me clue you in. He's basically your sarcastic, over-the-top, snarky uncle who never came out of the closet, but pretty much everyone knew. Hmm. Yeah, we all got that. So he made a career out of that kind of like snarky persona. Uh, he appeared on shows like Bewitched, oh. uh, Broadway musicals like Bye Bye Birdie, and he was a perennial on the Hollywood Squares game show in the 70s and 80s. And his one-liners became absolutely legendary. So the game show, actually, The Hollywood Squares, boosted his popularity to the point where he was given the chance to star in his own projects. Not a good idea, as it turns out, <laughs> that he was able to do that. Now that brings us to the Paul Lind Halloween special. I'm kind of at a loss to even try to describe this thing. You know, this is one of those things where how did this get on the air? Even though it was the 70s and there was a lot of, you know, weird stuff going on. Right. How did this happen? Uh, so it was a primetime network special with more gay sexual innuendo than an entire season's worth of Will and Grace. <laughs> yeah. So Lind plays himself, as he usually did, and he is recruited by two witches, right? Margaret Hamilton, the actual Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz, oh. playing... Playing the Wicked Witch Which of the, the West with the green makeup, green and, makeup and everything. And everything. Wow. And a woman named Billy Hayes, who played Witchy Poo from H.R. <laughs> Puffin Stuff, which was a popular kids show in the 70s. Wow. So these two kind of iconic witches want Paul Lynn to be their spokeshuman, quote, and try to improve the negative image of witches. So if he agrees... They will grant him three wishes, not witches, wishes. Mr. Lynn, I want you to meet my sister. Your sister? Mr. Lind, I've been dying to meet you. Looks like you already did. Margaret. Well, Margaret, your sister is a witch. Frightened of my pretty. You're witches. That's why we brought you here. We want you to help us out. I don't do benefits. <laughs> well, we're trying to soften the image. We've had some bad press. Come on, Mr. Lind. Give a ghoul a break. A ghoul? I can't believe I'm hearing this. How can you stand there with a straight face, with a crooked face, and tell me you're not wicked? After all those things you did to Snow White. Distortion. How about Hansel and Gretel? We were framed. And what about Dorothy and her little dog, Tuck-Tuck, in The Wizard of Oz? She asked for it. And her little dog, too. <laughs> I hate to break this up, but I left my jacuzzi on fast forward. This leads to all kinds of bizarre sketches. As he, as Paul Lynn plays, makes his wishes, he becomes... Uh, uh, a trucker, like in the 70s, like a CB radio kind of a trucker. An Arab sheik, okay, that's not <laughs> offensive. And finally, once again, 70s, a disco dancer. Mm. Now, can this possibly get any weirder? Well, yes, it can. Because the musical guest on that show was Kiss. 
Yes, that kiss. Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, etc. In makeup? Yes, they they perform. Well, it's a Halloween special, so why not, right? Well, I didn't know if it was like post or like pre their makeup no, this thing. Is re- this is right there, right in the beginning of oh, the, Detroit the, Rock were, City. This is yeah, this is prime time kiss right here. That makes sense. Uh, and you know they they do a couple songs, and then the rest of the time they're hanging out on the set, looking completely befuddled as to why they're there, <laughs> which I don't blame them. So this thing is a treasure trove of bad 70s variety show cheese. Mm-hmm. It's got Mrs. Brady herself, Florence Henderson. It's got Betty White. It's got Donnie and Marie Osmond. My God. What? Yes. <laughs> you could literally build your own Nightmare Before Christmas by watching that special and then watching the Star Wars holiday special after that. Oh, my God. That is a <laughs> double feature of holiday hell. I want to watch it. So this is a prime example of... What is called, and I'm not making this up, bulldada. Now, if you're not familiar with that term, it refers to something that is so utterly lacking in quality that it transcends its own dreadfulness and becomes something worthwhile. Basically, something so bad that it's good. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what it means. Something so bad that it basically transcends its own badness and becomes something good because of its badness. Sesame Street. Yeah, it's just like, you know, so bad it's good. That's what that is. (laughs) And if you like that kind of stuff, and I do, yes, do yourself a favor and experience, don't watch, experience the madness that is the Paul Lind Halloween special. Now, this actually does, even though it's not a feature film, it does get uh, an IMDb score of 7.4 out of 10. Wow. Simply, I mean, you you got you won't believe what you're watching. It's so it's just so crazy. Now, it can be seen uh, if you're a subscriber to Amazon Prime on their Amazon Prime video. And as of this recording, you can see a copy on YouTube as well. So that's nice. it, the Paul and Halloween special. Very good. Yes, 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 yes. So, Amanda. <laughs> yes. Have you any honorable I mentions? do. Good. I definitely do. So, my first one is, um, it's a triple F, but it's also funny. The Disney Channel on YouTube does this thing where they will actually like go live as it were but they they play certain movies um sort of continuously um so throughout the halloween month october they're playing halloween town on their youtube channel free and you can watch the entire movie nice, that's great and everyone knows the first halloween time halloween town is good not the second one but if you're from that generation you might enjoy it and then my second one and probably my m- just i i want to watch this movie all the time is abbott and costello meet frankenstein oh yes. <laughs> Talk about just stupid laughs. Yeah. You have to watch it. You just got to watch it. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. You know, yeah. Um, But other than that, those are my my honorable mentions. Actually, that's quite nice. I have some of my own. Uh, One of them is Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, uh, yeah. Both versions, the black and white version and the uh, 80s version, the musical version. They're both so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Great, funny horror movies. Uh, that really kind of don't shy away from the horror at the end. Sure, yeah. So, you know, that's like you're laughing and like, ha, ha, uh, at the same time, which is kind of nice. Like, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, also, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is one of my all-time faves. No. It's a brilliant, brilliant <laughs> movie. Um, for you Brits out there, Shaun of the Dead. Ooh, funny, funny, funny. Love it. Absolutely love it. And a documentary, Best Worst Movie which is a documentary about a film, about a horror film called Troll 2, that is a sequel (laughs) 
to the movie Troll, but it is not a sequel to the movie Troll. And it's a prequel to like Troll 4. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it really has nothing to do with the original Troll movie. They just nothing. slapped the two on it. Yeah. Uh, and it's about basically the people uh, in this small town that were making this movie and the impact that it has had on the townspeople and, yeah. and the fans of that movie. Yeah. So best worst movie, if you can find it, is really, really uh, funny and kind of touching in some ways. But it's a great documentary about a low-budget horror movie. Yeah, okay. It's so good, so good. So there we Very go. Good. That's the honorable mentions. Now, to recap our picks, Manda, what were yours? My first pick, let me get out my notes, <laughs> was Young Frankenstein dun, dun, dun. with Gene Wilder. Absolute brilliant comedy film, just brilliant film in general. And then my second pick was Mad Mad Monster Party. There's actually a question mark on that by Rankin Bass Films, 1967, Puppetry. Very nice. My picks were the 1981 comedy slasher parody movie, Student Bodies. Check it out. And the wacky, wild, and weird Paul Lind Halloween special from 1976. Oh, so good. That is a, that, all those movies, that is a fun-filled evening right there. Mm-hmm. So do yourself a favor. Check these out. What we'd like to do, and what I think would be great, is if... If by chance you decide, listeners, to see any of these, let us know what you think. Absolutely. We want to hear. We want to hear what you think. So if you see these movies and you have a comment, we would be happy to read them on the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, so you can reach us at our email, which is... The Deep Dive Podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Also so got please, various please, social please. medias, right? Yeah. So at The Deep Dive Podcast on Instagram. You can visit us at thedeepdivepodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And big, big, big surprise. If you like t-shirts, if you wear t-shirts, mm-hmm. we have some for you. We do. So check out... Uh, there's a link on our website mm-hmm. to our T-shirts, and they are guaranteed to get you the best candy if you're trick or treating. That's true. That's right. The, uh, you one go. Amazon review said that. Yeah, so you know if you if you're if you want your costume to be a podcast listener, which I think is probably the cheapest uh, <laughs> costume, <laughs> you know, you can make yourself some fake uh, AirPods, and you know, oh, just put Q-tips in your ear. Yeah, and just pre- pretend to be listening to some uh, true crime thing. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah, that's fun. But yeah, we would love to hear uh, some more from you. Um, please, we're very active on our Instagram, but if you want to... I mean, actually, hello to all of our new Instagram followers. we got yeah, quite a few did. in the last uh, couple of weeks. Absolutely. So hello to all of you. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for sticking around. Uh, so yeah, send us a comment. Send us a, you know, praise, love. Trolling. Just praise and love. Uh, okay, no trolling. <laughs> no, whatever you want, send it our way. Please do. We, love, we would love to hear from you. Not we, you, you. No, but you. Yes, and also you. You can also rate us on iTunes, too. Yes. And that's how we get to be heard by more people. So if you like us, go ahead and throw us, uh, you know, five stars. Yes. Now, now that the begging portion of the show has (laughs) ended. (laughs) Hashtag please uh, sponsor us. Exactly. Uh, On our next dive. Oh, we've got something big. We've got something big planned. It's our Halloween special. You mean we haven't been doing that for the last month? Shh, don't blow it. Okay, sorry. This one, this topic the topic for the Halloween, Christmas movies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it's all things Halloween. We're going to have all some things. interesting discussions, not just about uh, not just about movies and TV and all that. We're going to have right. some discussions that deal directly with the Halloween experience. I am so excited. Itself. There's going to be some surprises, mm-hmm. a few surprises, and even more surprises. And candy. Oh yeah. Well, for us, yeah. For us. Basically, I'm going to be in a hundred thousand dollar bar coma. I'm planning on that. <laughs> I'm eating favorite. all the Reese's. Uh, you can have them because I don't like. Them. <gasps> all right, I'm ending this podcast right now. What? Well, we're at the end anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, 
for the amazing Manda and all of us here in Studio D, which is just me and Manda. So yeah, this is true. I'm Tom Feeney. We will see you soon. Exterminate. Exterminate. Don't get all Dalek with me. Ho <laughs> For links to all our social media feeds, visit our website at thedeepdivepodcast.com and send us your suggestions and comments at thedeepdivepodcast at gmail.com. This podcast may contain copyrighted material, the use of which has not necessarily been authorized by the copyright owner. All programs reviewed were available in the United States at time of recording, but are subject to change by date or region. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Media. Dr. Frankenstein... Frankenstein. You're putting me on. No, it's pronounced Frankenstein. Do you also say Froderick? No, Frederick. Well, why isn't it Froderick Frankenstein? It isn't, it's Frederick Frankenstein. I see. You must be Igor. No, it's pronounced Igor. <laughs> <laughs>